you'll get people to believe in that because they're disgusted with the current solutions. We are Michael Vesey in London, England. Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. Let's jump in. Hey folks, welcome back to the e-commerce leader. Today we are in part five of our mini marathon here um, about starting your own Amazon brand in five simple steps. Well, five quite big steps, it's got to be said, but still five very doable steps. The first step was finding a profitable niche, starting with yourself, probably two is about product design and validation, and especially trying to make sure you get some input from potential people who might buy it one day. Step three was branding and packaging. Step four was the old sourcing, uh, which is quite a big job getting things made. And we're finally at the point where we're going to talk about how to launch your product, which is the exciting bit when you get validation for all that month's or at least many weeks of work. And also people might give you cash and profit and cash flow starts showing up. That's sort of good stuff. Jason, you ready to rock and roll on this one? Yeah, this is a great topic. I'm really looking forward to it. I love this Excellent. One. So you're fresh off a plane here, I know. So you're, you're adjusting time zones from Africa, which is kind of amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm over here in good old London time zone. So let's get cracking. So I've, I've split this down into four pieces. I'd be interested to hear your take on this stuff pre-launch, which I think is optional, but desirable. That's really where you probably shine more than, than me as good old Amazon focus guy here. The next step is listing optimization. That is optimizing for humans, trying to get persuade people to buy. The next step is on Amazon traffic, which those two things are my sort of comfort zone. And then the other one is off Amazon traffic, which is known in the Amazon world as external traffic. But you, Jason, would think with your nine mantis of traffic is just traffic. Mm -hmm. And again, that's where you, you are the expert. So between us, I think we can come up with a really great plan. So first up, any thoughts, Jason, about the general thing of launching a new product? What, what do we need to get in place before we launch into these details? Yeah, so you've got pre-launch activities on the list here, optional but yeah. desirable. I, yeah. I don't know if it's optional. I think <laughs> highly required. Okay, fair so play. I, it's, a, it's a big part of the process. And I think just at the macro level, what you have to remember is that this is the moment in time where all of your preparatory work is going to actually produce a result or not. I mean, you know, you prior to the pre-launch activities, you basically created a product with a thesis that would win in the marketplace for some specific reasons that you've, you know, you've seen a need, that you've imp improved something that's already existing. You know, you've made it cheaper, you've made it faster, you've made it better, you've made it something different that's not out there currently. And so that's all theory, you know? I mean, that's a lot of pre-work to prove that you're going to be able to sell this thing, whatever it is. And the pre-launch phase of, you know, just before you put it out there is really your opportunity to document those ideas and to really, really lean into them with your ideal user community. And I, I think that's the point at which you would say, how do you get in front of your ideal user community? Now, you know, many Amazon advocates and sort of purists would say you do that when you launch a product because Amazon, you know, knows everything and has all of the info and then, you know, either through organic or through paid Amazon activities, you will put it in, they will put it in front of the right people for you. I would always, always, always encourage people to think beyond what Amazon will do for you and ask the question, what can you do directly for yourself in terms of pre-launch uh, community building? 
And I'll just say this, the better you do at pre-launch, the bigger splash you're going to make. It will amplify and exponentially, you know, improve what you can do on Amazon by itself. And so we can talk about some tactics here for a couple minutes about how to do the pre-launch stuff. But I would just say at at the high level, it is, in view, one of the most important steps to getting a product launch done right. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say I'm an Amazon purist so much as lazy enough to have focused on Amazon or <laughs> just about wise enough to know my ignorance. I don't know. But certainly laziness comes into it. Amazon does so much for you that mm-hmm. you get into the mentality of depending on Amazon. I think you're right. It's a good corrective from a person who's always built a business outside of Amazon. I guess you used eBay for only for a year, I think, and or, or less. So you're right. I, I'm being lazy rather than advocating <laughs> skipping this. I've just done a couple of interviews back to back with a couple of guys who have really, you know, proven your thesis that you need to do the pre-launch really, really well. And one is uh, Samantha Kazuch, who sells a physical product, but it's uh, kind of got a big mindset component, which is a journaling uh, product, which is done fantastically well. And her background is social media. She was sort of social media presence before she then launched this brand and they started on Shopify. So by the time they got to Amazon, you know, they're all about community. And that, that was a reminder just of how powerful that can be. So I d- absolutely endorse this, even though it's not really my skill set. So since it is not my skill set, let me ask you, what are the tactical points we need to do then? What are the, the, the essential things we've got to hit in this pre-launch phase? Yeah, well, I think there's such a monumental, I guess you could say, thought leadership piece that came out many, many years ago on this whole idea. And it's the Thousand True Fans article by Kevin Kelly. And you can just Google that and find it, Thousand True Fans. And the idea here is that, you know, to in his thesis, what he says in that article is that you only need a thousand fans or, you know, buyers to earn a hundred thousand dollar a year business or create a hundred thousand dollar a year business, depending on what you're doing or whatever. But the thesis, the thousand true fans is the first pursuit of any, you know, person who's marketing a brand, building a, you know, a new business or whatever. And I, I would totally agree with that. And the, the options today are broader and more amazing than ever. You know, it's amazing because, you know, 20 years ago, the thinking was, well, those have to be on an email list. And then, you know, the world progressed and it was like, well, now you can have a, a Facebook fan page or now you can have a Facebook group. And and the world continues to progress. Now you can have a YouTube channel or a TikTok account or Instagram you know, you can find your thousand true fans in many, many, many places. What you cannot do is launch a good brand without a thousand true fans, in my view. And it's kind of like that. So you, you've got to figure out how do you communicate with your ideal uh, customer base? Where are they currently right now? Most easily found. And what kind of stuff do you want to say to them that will actually get them engaged? Obviously, you've created a new product with the thinking that it was going to be special, different, or unique in some way. And so you want to get the word out and you want to do that in a way that's interesting to them. You want to announce yourself or you know, explain yourself to the, those thousand true fans, try to begin to aggregate them. I would say that the more places you have them bonded to you in terms of like an email list, a social media account, uh, on and on, a group, whatever, the off you are, you know. And so I think that's where you start is just asking the question, how could I get a thousand people to really, really buy into this? with me, this new product that I'm launching and uh, go after them in one of those venues. Yeah. Interesting. The thousand two fans thing is one of those sort of pieces of internet wisdom that, that's, uh, it's interesting Evergreen. because it's a, 
It's well, it's an evergreen theory. I mean, I just think it's it's not an easy one to achieve. I'm not arguing with the desirability mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the, this sort of ties in with uh, a thought from Ben Leonard, who wrote the book, very good book, which I keep mentioning because I think because it's a good book. But particularly, Ben is good people. Like I know him pretty well. That's why I keep talking about him because I trust his you know wisdom. But he talks about three layers, which I think is very helpful. One is just people who are aware of your existence. The second layer is possible buyers, and then the third level is maybe what we're discussing here with true fans or what he calls super fans. Now to get a, a list of a thousand true fans, I think is incredibly powerful. If you've got that, you've got a really solid core to your business. But I think that might be something that might take a few years to develop depending on how great you are at, at building communities and how long you, you take to do it and so forth. But certainly yeah. uh, the point he makes, which is, I think is a very important one, is you cannot be a super fan if you haven't even bought the product and experienced it or had some kind of yeah. taster of it. And you can't be that if you're not even aware the brand exists. So you have to have these sort of concentric circles. So getting your awareness out there it is really, really important. I mean, I would yeah. just say play devil's advocate here as somebody who's not very great at this. And one of the reasons I've said a bit skeptical about this is uh, if you spend me on an Amazon ad, you generally get some kind of return in terms of revenue. It may or may not be profitable, but uh, at least mm-hmm. you're getting some kind of ranking and validation of your product to a degree. What I've found really hard is to shift people from mere brand awareness to buying. So let me ask you the question, how do you deal with getting people to move through that funnel, as it were? Veteran e-commerce operators know that net profit is the vital lifeblood of a business. Better a small and profitable business than a large one that earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook is designed to give you 17 actionable, specific and proven profit-taking actions. You can implement them at your own pace and let the power of this trusted framework revolutionize your company. The Profit Habits Workbook makes profit improvement a fast and efficient achievement. For a limited time, we are now sharing this resource with our listeners completely free with no strings attached. To download your 60-page workbook and begin your journey to a more profitable business today, just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good question. I think the pre-launch activities and the focus on what you're doing has to lean back into the core thesis that you created uh, your product upon. You know, what, why is your product different than what else is out there? You know, it, if you find a thousand true haters of current products who really detest how it's currently done, there you go. I mean, you know, you, you're looking for a hungry market for people who would say. I love whatever it is as a product or as a, a thing. However, the current off- offers out there are leaving me really dissatisfied for the following technical reasons. And so in your pre-launch activities, you want to you tie back into those uh, frustrations, fears, you know, worries, uh, problems, and promises, bad you know, product technical elements. And you want to position yourself as, as something different than... And, and it, it, they don't have to have actually test your product. You know, I would, I would argue that if they have, for example, disdain for the current product and you come along and say, hey, guys, you know, all those horrible problems with the current product, let me list them here for you. We all know what they are. And just so you know, I'm launching a product next Tuesday that addresses seven out of the nine of them or whatever, you know, and it's going to be a, you know, a, a great, great step forward for whatever product this is. People will listen to that. You know, I mean, I, it depends how much they care. I mean, if you're going into something that's like there's a million other products out there 
they all basically will do the same thing. You're really a commoditized seller trying to push a commoditized product. Then, you know, are you going to be successful anyway? Probably not. But it, it, you actually have a point of view on a product that actually does offer some unique new value. You'll have fans before you even launch. You know, just, if they buy into it, if they're like, oh, this guy's in the trenches, he knows what he's doing. You know, yeah. he, he's, he's used this product like I have for 10 years and he said there must be a better way. And yeah. he's making his product. You, you'll get people to believe in that because they're disgusted with the current solutions. You know? Very interesting. So I like the the faith you have in. I guess it just comes down to doing a really thorough job of you know having a really strong thesis and then working really really hard to back that up with you know right. genuinely different products. So to the to the point so that we made earlier, I guess. And if you've done that homework, I guess you got to have faith that people will want it. That's one thing that I'm taking from this, which is great. Love your confidence. And the second thing is um, positioning against. It's really powerful. I, I hadn't thought about that yeah. enough. I mean, I. I guess one of the things I periodically am reminded of is how to get people's attention and not come across as a sleazy marketer is not actually not to start with a promise, but to start with a problem and say, yeah, you know, for example, the, the classic example in my advertising was the Microsoft versus Apple ads of the what nineties. And they've got some boring guy in a suit with some rubbish computer. And then the Apple guy comes along looking cool and, and solves everything. And I guess that was classic positioning against so like even today, somebody sent me a Microsoft file of some description, I said, oh my God, you work in a corporate environment, poor you, you have to deal with Microsoft stuff because it always sucks. And guess what? It sucked. <laughs> They're consistent. And so positioning against Microsoft was an easy thing to do and still is, I would hug you. Uh, if anyone comes to me and says, Apple's too expensive and, and isn't as good as it was, which I agree with, and Microsoft still sucks, which I totally agree with in every little brush I have with it, and offered me an alternative, you're right, that, that will get my attention. So really great point, really, really important point. I think it also has the side effect of making you seem like a genuine human being because most mm -hmm. people start with suffering things that don't work and going, oh, I'm not again. And that kind of experience rather than starting going, hey, wow, awesome, especially in Britain. Like if you're going, hey, wow, awesome, your first contact with the enemy, people tend to get a bit skeptical about that. American culture is a bit yeah. different. But even so, it, it, I like that. There's great wisdom there. Well, look, we ought to move on to actually launching any other essentials for pre-launch before we plunge to the next bit. No, I mean, I think we covered it. I think that's good. Problem agitate solution ideas. Uh, yeah. Telling your story, the behind the scenes journey, building your oh, own yeah. process, all of those elements I think are important. Yeah, behind the scenes good as well. Yeah, show them how the sausage is made is one phrase. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, brilliant. So assuming we've done all that, I think the next thing, which is more my comfort zone, is, is making sure that you build um, your listing. So it's a specific product detail page if you're in the direct consumer world. And that's basically all we have on, on Amazon. That's not quite true. We have got a storefront as well. I'm not going to get into that today because I think it's part of the brand story. We could get into it if you like, but we haven't got very long. So I just want to get to the chase here. So I think the most important thing is to go back over everything we've discussed. So the thesis, why are you selling, particularly differentiation points. And really important as well, I think that the absolute trap of those who spent months of their life creating a physical product with physical features, i.e. things about it, the size, the thickness, the, the buttons, the widgets, the gizmos, whatever, is we have to, have to, have to translate those into benefits. So as my old you know, sales managers used to say to me, you know, Mike, features tell, benefits sell. So you, for example, this has a blue, blah, 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 which means that it will go twice as quickly as the existing market thing. And the twice as quickly thing is what we really want. That's the promise. And then the feature is just the delivery mechanism. So that's really critical. 
And I think the other point is to tie that together with your image work and your words, that you don't do it separately, that you start with a sort of core of the, the, the features, tie them to benefits, and then make sure that the listing as a whole, so the, the images and the words reflect that really, really with crystal clarity. And I think words for me come first because they help force mental clarity. And then you move to the image work afterwards. Now, for some people who are very, very visual, that might not be the case. That's been my experience. So in a very, very compressed nutshell, that is, that is, I think, the essence of a listing. What are your thoughts on that or a product detail page, if you will? I was going to ask you a few things about this. Mm, I'm really please. curious to hear your thoughts on tools that you might use. Now, AI would be the biggest of the tools, but let me mention a few others before we talk about AI. Are there specific technical tools you like to use like Grammarly or even research tools like Ubersuggest or KeySearch.co? that you help you get the phrasing and the word choices dialed in? Or are there others like, I don't know, what are the ones that would be for like Amazon-centric sellers? You know you know them better than I do. Helium 10, whatever, whatever. And, yeah. and the big big daddy would be ChatGPT. So yeah, what are your thoughts well, on all those? I believe that your differentiator is going to be about your human understanding, not some tool you're using. For One of the simple reasons is because literally millions of people, probably several million people, actually selling on Amazon. So they've got to be probably a halo of 10, 20, 30 million people who may be considering and playing with selling on Amazon. Most of whom are going to be using the same tools. So I think it's extremely unwise to depend on tools. I think the irony is this, my take on it is very simple. When you're first starting out, you should do the hard yards and do things manually because you'll learn so much by doing that. Once you've got that correct, you can then delegate it to a person or you know use a machine to automate it because you will have the taste and judgment gradually to tell whether ChatGPT is giving you something bland and blah, which is the same as everyone else, or frankly has just broken copyright law in some way, or is doing a good job. And I think until you've got into the trenches yourself, you know, you're not, I'm not sure about that. Now, one caveat is if your grammar stinks, then use Grammarly, of course, <laughs> and get somebody else to look at it. But that would be my take on it. Now, if you're going to use tools, I would say Helium 10 is really useful because you can write, I can't remember which one of the sort of 20 different tools there. I'm sure Jungle Scout has something very similar. But it, it has a tool where you can integrate, you can have a list of keywords that you write into the bullets. And as it goes through, as you write the bullets, you write the keywords, it sort of ticks them off, which is very useful mechanically. But it's not doing the hard work of, of creating the sales document for you. So there you go. So it's slightly radical mm -hmm. opinion there. What, are you, what about you? This yeah. is not for experienced people, but if you're doing your first one, I say leave the well, tools yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think tools are always helpful in general. I mean... I always think my grammar is great until I put my writing to Grammarly and then I realize it was a 82 out of 100 and it will make it a 99 out of 100 if I click a few Good buttons. Good point. So, Good point. Um, there's that. I also just remember as uh, when I was in Seattle area, I spoke at a conference once and the other another speaker, the, the guy from Amazon who's in charge of the product page, like who was the engineer in charge or whatever, kind of crazy. And he one of the comments he made to the um audience was the most underrated and important component of the Amazon product page is the bullet points. And in his view, many, many people leave that as a wasted space or just a trivial space when in fact they should be totally, you know, nerding out and optimizing for the, the bullet points. So anyway, so I, I think however you do it, whether you just take your own time and go slow or you, you know, also use tools. Uh, it's vital that it gets, it's well put together. And then of course, what's your thought on uh, A plus content and all that? Is that somewhere else in the 
notes here or what's your thought on that in general? I haven't put anything in there. I, I certainly think it's desirable to use it. Um, and for sure, if you're starting with your, you know, let's face it, anyone who starts with one, two or three products is obsessed mm -hmm. with them. They're their baby. So you're going to you know, obsess about your listing. So you might as well put everything in it. And that definitely includes A plus content. But to your point about bullet points, I do think it's more critical to optimize the bullet points than have beautiful A plus content, let alone a storefront, because they won't get as much visibility, anything like if somebody's scrolling down the mobile, the bullet points actually will show up more easily than a lot of the rest of the listing. And to the point about bullet points, I've seen somebody, I remember one of the members of the mastermind had pretty established business and he got a full-time copywriter and he didn't have a full-time copywriter on the staff, but he hired somebody for the day for several hundred dollars and you know, not cheap labor, British, you know, native English speaker, but he nailed five different listings for them. And all he changed was the bullet points, nothing else. And the conversion rate jumped, jumped noticeably, which blew my mind because I always was a bit skeptical yeah. about the value of these things. But yeah, I agree with the bullet points thing. Once you've done that, and only once you've done that, then yes, I agree with A plus content. You might as well use it mm -hmm. because it's available. It's on the product detail page. It's the second most you know, likely set of content after the title, the bullet points and the, and the pictures, the images to move the needle towards conversion. So I'd agree with A plus content. I don't have a strong feeling about which particular layout is best. I think what's incredibly important is Kevin King, who's was he's been in the Amazon space for several years. It's a big, big person in the space, but was before that for years in image product marketing. Very, very experienced. And he says, you're going to be judged on your weakest image, which I think is absolutely true. So I think you should use every single space for an image you have on the product detail page with the one caveat that if you've got a really amateurish looking image, do not put it in. That's the only caveat. Otherwise, use everything you got. I like that. That's wise. Yeah, yeah you're going to be judged on your weakest image. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us today. So we've been talking about Amazon product launch. So the moment of truth, uh, I've been persuaded by Jason uh, against my lazier instincts that pre-launch uh, preparation is really, really important. And uh, so community building is probably the number one thing that I would take away from this. Um, uh, you got to get people, um, to really care about your product and, uh, get to have a really, really clear thesis. So I guess this is the time where you, you don't just explore the idea that you've got something better. You articulate it and you try and infuse your community and build a sense of anticipation. And then of course it's getting the product detail page or the Amazon listing page really, really optimized to convert for humans. Plus, of course, you've got to integrate the keywords into that that uh, are going to help it rank organically. And we're going to talk about ranking and uh, paid traffic and how to get traffic to the listing next. So stay tuned. Uh, this is a kind of whistle-stop overview of a big topic, but hopefully this mini-series is giving you a bit of a flavor of the, the sort of arc that you've got to go through to create your first Amazon successful product. Um, if you wish to get any help from either of us, if you want help from me, that's Michael Vesey, go to myamazonaudit.com. And that is really for people who've got an established Amazon business. Um, but it could be that you've got an established e-commerce business and you're wanting to launch a, a product on an Amazon platform and that you're experienced in Amazon, in e-commerce, I should say, but you need help with Amazon. So I'm perfectly placed to help you there. And if you want a broader multi-channel approach, and particularly if you're wanting to get to go onto direct consumer sites, so Shopify, et cetera, go to omnirocket.com to get help from Jason and his business partner, uh, Kyle Hamer. So thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next show where we will be talking about how to get that all important traffic, how to get people to see your product listing, both from 
the Amazon platform and from external traffic, in other words, off Amazon. So that's what's coming up next. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Veteran e-commerce operators know that net profit is the vital lifeblood of a business. Better a small and profitable business than a large one that earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook is designed to give you 17 actionable, specific and proven profit-taking actions. You can implement them at your own pace and let the power of this trusted framework revolutionize your company. The Profit Habits Workbook makes profit improvement a fast and efficient achievement. For a limited time, we are now sharing this resource with our listeners completely free with no strings attached. To download your 60-page workbook and begin your journey to a more profitable business today, just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits.